There's a small harbor here on my left and lots of tiny boats on the water. And on my right is a, an open space with some trees in the distance. Lots of birds. They seem to get more active now that the weather is uh, it's getting warmer. You can tell that spring is in the air. I'm enjoying the last part of the day. And I'm walking in the direction of uh, the river, the Aim. And uh, there is a biking track next to the river that goes all the way to a little bridge. And then uh, I can take a turn to the right and walk back through the, uh, the fields and the farms on the west side of the city of Amersfoort. Behind the trees is the big hospital that they built, a little bit out, out of town, which is, I think, a very good idea if you're there to, to uh, undergo treatment or to recover. Then being in this nice, peaceful part of the, of the area is probably much nicer than being in the center of the, of the city. And if you are happy enough to, if you're lucky enough to have a room on the sunny side of the building, then you can probably look all the way to the small town of Soest in the distance. And there are just green fields that stretch all the way to the horizon. The sun is is getting low. The light is yellowish. It will probably become more orange in about half an hour from now and it's just great to be outside I of course need to start doing this more often because um, as I've shared with you before I am planning on walking another stretch of the Camino to Santiago but this time starting more in the northern part of Spain and then walking for about two weeks but every day in order to be able to do that within uh, about 12 days, I'll have to walk 25 kilometers, something like that. And so I'd better get uh, used to that. And I will, from now on, gradually try to uh, walk more and more, trying to get used to walking 25 kilometers a day. And uh, that will probably do the trick. I fortunately have still some residual fitness left from the from last year's Camino so I think I'm going to be fine I've got about a, a, a month and a half you're listening to the walk and I'm recording this on the fourth Sunday of the time of Lent which means that we're kind of at the halfway point the Sunday is called in Catholic liturgy Sunday Letare which means rejoice, be glad. And uh, that's the first part of uh, the opening hymn or the opening, the introitus uh, of Mass. And it's part of a psalm probably or uh, an old biblical text. But it uh, kind of sets the tone for this, for this Sunday that is at the halfway point. Uh, the light of Easter is getting closer. So the liturgical color is not purple like the rest of Lent, but it's rose. And uh, everything is a little bit lighter. And it's a good time, I guess, a good moment 
to, uh, well, not to stop because I keep walking, <laughs> but to to uh, halt in a, in a way and look at the first half of Lent. And how am I doing? How are you doing? Um, I'll just share my experiences so far. Um, and they are mixed. They're definitely mixed. I have to say that there was so much going on uh, in terms of filming and uh, projects and uh, getting Tridio organized that I somehow didn't have as much focus as I had in previous years on, on, on Lent itself, on the process of Lent. I did try out a few things. I, of course, tried fasting and uh, switched my mobile devices to grayscale small things but nothing too too special and definitely i've not been very consistent in in uh establishing like a daily routine for lent which is probably why i kind of feel that i haven't made much progress yet that's just on the let's say the the customary things of that i associate with lent and that i tell myself i should do but there is another aspect of lent there's a car didn't even know. Oh, it's going to the left. I was like, well, they, they can't drive a car here. But it goes to this uh, building here next to the river where uh, you can learn how to row a boat or a, a canoe. And I saw an advertisement a bit earlier before I started recording. They're preparing these open days where you can try out uh, if it's something for you. And it's... Uh, after Easter, I think it's in the third week of uh, of April. You know, actually quite tempting. I'd like to try something out, something different. Although, on top of my bucket list in terms of uh, trying out new things is still horse riding, and less going on a on the water in a canoe. Um, but a horse, of course, is a little bit more <laughs> expensive, and uh, is probably going to take more uh, uh, more action. And more organization than uh, if I would just try out a canoe. But there is a, another aspect of this time of Lent that has been very uh, surprisingly good. And that is um, the, the, the routine that I've been able to establish uh, in the past few weeks. Most of that routine is thanks to the fact that I'm now working in a team I really have a dream team right now with uh, Inge and Martin. Um, and the three of us are now running uh, Tridio like a well-oiled machine. <laughs> That's how it feels. No, it's incredible how much of a difference it make, makes to, uh, to have three people working on, on the same project, but with very distinct qualities and talents and responsibilities. And for me, it's been extremely liberating to know that the both of them do excellent work and I don't have to micromanage anything. I can just, if there's anything that belongs to their um, uh, portfolio in a certain way, I can just hand it over and I know it's going to be done and it's going to be done very well. And that has given me so much more freedom and margin, but most of all, uh, space inside my head to focus on what I love to do, what gives me energy, and that is to create. It's to tell stories. It's to record podcasts and videos, and to edit my TV shows and 
to go and, and, and be productive and be creative. But it has also taught me a very valuable lesson. Um, and that's really something that the team has taught me. And that is there is a time to work and there's a time to stop working. That is a concept that even though I know it intellectually is something that has been absent of my life for many, many years. In a way, I'm very used to living inside my head. I'm very much of a uh, more introverted person and so I love to think. I love to, Before I create something, I can spend days thinking about it and that process goes on even while I'm sleeping or if I have trouble sleeping like the last few days for some reason, I notice that I'm even thinking about certain projects in the middle of the night. And of course it has a very... Ups, uh, very positive uh, an upset, upside and that is because of that preparation in my head the final product or the thing that I do is usually well thought out and I know what I want and I've thought about how it should look or sound or uh, how I want to have it um, an example would be a homily on Sunday I don't take much time to prepare that um, but I do think about it. I, I always ask myself, like, what is this, like the, the core message that you want to convey? And that message, the question I ask myself is, what do these readings on this Sunday, in this country where I live, in this city, with the people that I live with, what, how does it call me? What, has it, what message has it for me? And can I get to the like the core of that message. And once I have, and you can probably write that down in three phrases. Once I have that, the rest um, comes easily. But if I wouldn't prepare, if I wouldn't think about what that core message is, probably the homily would be rubbish. And the same is true for a podcast on Friday. And this is part of the new routine. Between... Th- three o'clock and four o'clock in the afternoon so that would be nine o'clock eastern time nine thirty i record all my shows for the rest of the week except for this one except for the walk but i record five episodes of the daily breakfast i record an episode of ask father roderick which is the show for my patrons and i record an episode that's also new of that star wars priest which is a show that tries to reach the many Star Wars fans out there, and hopefully over time I'll be able to gather a nice community. And I hope also to be able to bring something new to the table, because of course, as you can imagine, there are lots and lots of shows about Star Wars. But I called it that Star Wars Priest on purpose, because I think it's the perspective of talking about Star Wars as a priest that will make it different from all the other shows. As far as I know, there is not another show or podcast or video series out there about Star Wars hosted by a priest. I may be wrong, but that's my idea. So that's how I hope that it's adding something to what's already there. So on Friday, I, I record those shows in one long session. It's usually about an hour and a half, sometimes two hours. 
and I stream it live. And so there's always a small community of people that are able to watch that because, of course, it's in the morning for most of my listeners, and so they are uh, most most of them are at work. Um, but there are always a few people that are in the chat room and are watching, just like the good old days in on Saturdays where we would record Catholic Weekend or other shows like that. And on Friday, someone asked, how do you just keep talking like that? Even Martin, who is new to the team, wonders how I can talk for an hour and a half <laughs> without stopping. Well, there's, of course, a bit of a habit and perhaps a talent. I usually don't have much trouble talking. But what a lot of people don't know is that I do prepare all those topics. I Much more than before. And now that it is a routine, I've also put in my calendar the time that I need to prepare that. And that's usually the rest of Friday. And even through uh, during the week, whenever I encounter something, an, a topic, or I read about something that I think could be interesting for a, uh, an episode of The Daily Breakfast, I, I note it down, I include a link to the article that I've read. And so on Friday, I know exactly w- what I need to prepare in order to be able to record shows that actually are about something and not just me talking. The only show that doesn't require that is this one but even that depends like today uh, before I pressed record on this small recorder I spent at least 45 minutes walking and asking myself what is what do I want to share do I even want to record something because I'm just walking and I could as well just enjoy the the time off and uh, the weather and the sunshine and I have to say the view right now is, is gorgeous and so I'm walking on top of a dike. In front of me, there, there are more clouds that are approaching, but above me it's still blue, and also on my left hand, the, the sun is getting lower and lower, and it's brightly shining right now, and so the, the trees on the right side, if I look down below, are the, the meadows, the, the, the green fields, and there, but there are some trees and some farms in the distance, and they all have these extremely long shadows because the sun is so low. So I could just walk and enjoy, take a picture. And yet I took some time to think, well, you know what, I, I do want to share something, and it has to do with this this new way of doing my work and the joy of having a certain routine and having people. And that is what I wanted to do. Uh, to share most of, of all that also can help me to uh, restrict the work to the working hours and to also tell me at the end of the day we're done we're gonna go and have a drink or something like that but it's it's done and the funny thing is now that we're so organized and things are are going so well and I can hand over so many of the of the worries that I used to have um, it is for me also mentally totally possible to do that at the end of the day to stop working say I'm done for today and whatever comes next if there's anything I need to do it can wait until tomorrow 
that's a massive game changer. Um, and it, it kind of fits the kind of the biblical um, passage that says there's a time for everything. There's a time to labor. There's a time to relax. There's a time to cry. There's a time to rejoice. There's a time to dance. There's a time to weep, etc. There's great wisdom in that. And uh, it is that alternation between those different moments in our lives, but also time for different aspects of life that make life so interesting and so fascinating and also potentially full of energy. If you only live to work, then you don't truly live. Uh, But you work so you can live. And work should be, I think, a very important element, aspect of your life, a building block of your life. But it shouldn't dominate everything else. And there should be times during the day or at the end of the day, but also times during the week, where you deliberately choose not to work. We had an interesting discussion yesterday evening. I was invited uh, by a group of friends, two of my parishioners and then their friends, for an evening of, uh, of, uh, for playing board games. Um, I've been introduced by them to the wonderful world of board games, and I'm currently in the middle of a, of an, 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 a series of evenings during which we play Imperial Assault, which is a Star Wars board game. And I get to play a Jedi Knight called David, and he had to face Darth Vader yesterday and live to tell the story, live to tell the tale. I was very proud because I wasn't very sure that my Jedi was good for anything. Uh, There was a Wookiee, one of the other guys is playing a Wookiee with tremendous strength and incredible stamina whereas I'm as a Jedi I can't do much I can cloak myself I can run faster but I'm not very strong I'm easily overpowered and so at the end of the evening I was the only the only one standing the only one who managed to survive an attack by dark Darth Vader by the Dark Lord himself I was very proud but afterwards we were still chatting a little bit and about, you know, having time to do to play these board games, because they're pretty time-intensive. Like a session like that, like yesterday, um, easily takes up two hours. And so everybody shared, how much are you working per day? And uh, one of, one of the, uh, the group just had a new job and was going to be 40 hours a week. And there was one guy who said, you know, I deliberately work only four days per week and that's actually quite a problem because he works in a team of programmers so it's software development and all his friends or all his colleagues are working five days a week probably sometimes even more and so he's always a little bit behind every every week there is a moment where he has taken a day off and he comes back and he has to catch up with what the others have been doing while he was away and since these are very intricate technical Mm, uh, projects and and processes that is very demanding to try to uh, assimilate and process what a, a whole bunch of other people have been doing for an entire day that you weren't there. But he said, even though it is actually 
very tricky. And my colleagues don't really understand why I don't work, just work five days. He says, for me, having that one day to be there for my kids and to be a dad and to play with them and to talk to them and to hang out with them is, that's why I work. I work so I can live that life where I can be a dad and I can be there for my children. And they know that they can count on me, that I value them more than my work. And so I, I work to live and I don't want to live just to work. And I was, I was so struck by that. And he's a young father. I mean, he's probably somewhere in his early 30s, perhaps even younger. It's always kind of hard to tell. Um, but uh, I was like, wow, way to go. I wish that I had known that when I had your age. Because I, I remember how when I started as a priest, I didn't allow myself any uh, time for myself. I always was in this mode of, I have to work. I have to uh, serve this parish. I've got to be there day and night. And it was literally day and night. Uh, I was in a small village of uh, farmers. And a lot of the older generation was used to this idea that a priest was basically on call every single minute of of their lives. And so uh, there was also this idea that, you know, the for instance, if someone was dying, what do you do? You call the priest. If it happens in the middle of the night, you call the priest and he has to come and give the last, administer the last rites. They even called it the last rites, which of course in kind of the, the, the renewal of the liturgy um, is, is one of the things that we abandoned, this idea that the anointment of the sick is the last sacrament that you receive. Quite on the contrary, it's called the anointment of the sick. So it's meant for those that are gravely ill. It's not when you just have a small fever or a, or, or a common cold. But if someone is gravely ill, then that is the sacrament that will strengthen that person. And that will give that... But the the, the last sacrament that ideally someone receives is not the anointment of the sick, but it's the Eucharist. It's Christ who goes with you, who is with you in communion the moment you die, just like Christ died. And he will be there to accompany you to the other side. That's kind of the idea. But in that village, that was something that really nobody thought of and so very often I could get calls in the middle of the night sometimes two or three in the same night where I'd had to go to the hospital or to a farm very remote and you know it's like trying to find your way in the dark this was before we all had GPS systems in the car or on the phone and uh, and I would usually be super tired all week long and the only thing that I did to to relax, to, re, to recharge, probably not the good word, but to have some time for myself was um, a ritual on Saturday evening or after uh, the uh, evening mass, I would uh, watch uh, an episode of Star Trek Voyager, which I would record on my v VHS recorder, my video recorder, and I'd have my 
what is it, 45 minutes of being in another universe. And then um, I was working on a Star Wars website. But it was more work, and it felt more like part of my work than it was just leisure. Of course, people from the outside were like, oh, you have your Star Wars hobby. But I was convinced that I had a role to play in that Star Wars world, that it was part of a mission of evangelization, and and I worked so hard on that website and on writing these blogs and working on the force.net and I, I would have these uh, ICQ uh, sessions, which was a very early version of uh, a messenger app with people in Canada uh, that were on the west coast of Canada. So there was like a time difference of 10 hours, I think. <laughs> it was just crazy. Sometimes at 2 o'clock in the, at night, I'd be still working and and uh, com- uh, communicating with uh, some people of the team and i just didn't i didn't have an off switch it's a good thing that back then i was still very young and <laughs> i had lots of energy and i really enjoyed uh what i did but i also remember that back then i lived a very unhealthy life i did nothing in terms of sports I, this was way before I started running. And uh, uh, even in terms of healthy living and eating well, I hadn't learned much. And so I was very overweight. I was, I remember that I was often sick just because I was not paying attention to, I, was, I wasn't really taking care of my body and taking care of uh, uh, getting enough sleep, etc., and this has been a process. Then I went to Rome, and Rome was also non-stop working. I enjoyed my communication studies so much, but that I just wanted to squeeze out every single, you know, grain of gold from the time that I was there. Is just two years, and I wanted to use those years uh, as well as I could. And then I was placed here in Amersfoort in the parish, and I was made the. Uh, the pastor of four four parishes, four individual parishes. I was still relatively young. And that too was a tremendous responsibility. At the same time, I had to combine it with my first steps in the world of... Um, back then we didn't call it social communications, but it was like this digital ministry that I was building up. And then podcasting started, and that became the big outlet for my creativity. And I spent days and weeks and months and years working on WordPress themes and recording and editing and oh my goodness and now it's probably because of that vitamin D deficiency that made me have to I had to stop I had to uh, push the brakes that I've discovered that it is so essential to um, have these moments where you just close the door and, uh, uh, and where you admit and you realize and you allow yourself to, uh, to stop and to not work and to just uh, focus on the other things of life. I'm, I'm looking at the last rays of sunlight. The sun is soon going down in the distance over those clouds and then I'll probably 
it's dusk now and the sun is beautiful and it's it's reflecting in the in the water of the um, of the river here and I'm trying to take a picture with a nice tree in the in the foreground and you have the 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 biking lane going all the way to the distance and the sky is this gorgeous these gorgeous hues of purple and orange it is absolutely stunning i wish i could take a can i take a panorama photo i haven't done that in a long time because this is uh, the landscape is so wide that actually you can't really capture everything in a regular four by three photo so I'll just try to move this. Oh, and there's a bike in my panorama photo. Thank you very much. There's probably going to be like, I don't know how many bikers. I'll do that from the other side, actually. It's probably easier. And then I move to the left. And oh, it's so gorgeous. This may become my new, what is it? Uh, I have two monitors on the uh, Avid editing set. And I always have this, these stretched out lamps, uh, stretched out um, windows. Oh gosh, the sun is gone. I was too late. <laughs> I knew it was only a few minutes left, but uh, this is probably the end. Although there is a tiny little hole underneath that, those clouds. So it may reappear probably 10 minutes from now. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, where was I? <laughs> it's just the, um, the deliberately choosing to not, to not live to work, but to work so you can live, is something that I always thought was for regular people, with a family, with, you know, a regular job. Not for priests. Priests are, you know, should be on 24 hours a day. Well, that's not true. And uh, my months of fatigue uh, that I suffer because that I suffered because of the vitamin D deficiency have helped me to moderate myself and to have to also share that I just, even though I wanted to be always on and always available, that I just couldn't. And the biggest decision that I had to take a few weeks ago was to tell my parish that. I didn't think it was possible for me to do all the celebrations for the um, for Holy Week. And I asked them if I could do a few of them. But for instance, on Easter morning, to only have one Mass. And to be able to do the Easter Vigil in the church next to where I live. Instead of in the one of the rural parishes where I normally go year after year. But that is a parish where... You have to be, it's really hands-on. It's very demanding because uh, it's, it's organized differently. I'd say the, the emphasis, the, the music is great. They have a wonderful classical choir. So all that is great. But there are, for instance, there are no acolytes. There are no uh, altar boys or girls. So you work with volunteers, with older people. And uh, there can be a reader for instance, and an assistant, but they, you know, to run uh, Easter Vigil without acolytes is extremely difficult because it's very complicated liturgy. And so I felt, especially 
I was I think it was about three or four weeks ago, and I was still in the middle of this uh, first treatment and trying to get my vitamin D levels to a to a safe level, and I just thought it looked like a big wall, and I was going full speed ahead, and I was going to crash in that wall at Easter time. And it was hard for me to admit that I, I felt that I couldn't do all of those celebrations. Um, I was even ashamed to ask, because there was this inner voice who kept telling me, but Father Roderick, this is the Easter vigil, this is... You know, this is the holy week. This is the most important week of the year. You cannot step out now. You can't uh, step away from that. It is your core responsibility. And it, and the other voice in my head was like, um, you are not fully healthy. Your doctor tells you that it might take a couple of months before you find your balance again. And everything in me, and also people around me, tell me, don't overdo it. Uh, don't overstretch yourself. Don't try to uh, push yourself too hard. Because then a lack of energy can turn into something much worse because you will, uh, you will have the, the stress of having to perform physically for, uh, for a number of days. But there's also this mental stress, like, I have to do this, but I feel like I can't. And so you're basically letting life go, a trans, how do you say that, go over your boundaries. Or the demands and the expectations of the parish and of the parishioners um, ignore your current, um, uh, let's say, uh, capabilities or abilities. So it, it was difficult. But then I noticed that once I had said that, and I had to even negotiate a little bit, <laughs> because they were, well, the initial reaction was, well, either you do everything or you don't do anything at all. And you just go to the doctor and then, well, you'll just be officially sick. And I was like, well, you know what? It's I don't think I... I can't do anything. I just ask for, give me the most important ones. So to, let me do um, uh, Holy Thursday. Let me do Easter Vigil. Let me do Mass on Easter. But may, do, let me do half of the celebrations. And so they agreed with that. And well, afterwards I heard, this morning I heard, that they had found another priest uh, a retired priest who was actually very glad to to celebrate mass in the, one of the churches where I normally would go on a, on Easter morning, and so everything resolved itself. There's no problem. Everything's been fixed, and that's an important reassurance and also confirmation of what I actually knew intellectually that it is okay to if you are sick or you feel like you're being pushed over your boundaries to say, well, wait a minute, I can't do that. And then the world will keep turning. Nothing, you know, there's always something. I, I think that's part of providence also, that things just arrange themselves. And another test 
because I, I also consider these moments to be tests of my resolve and of, you know, have I really matured? And I, do I really understand um, that my value is not in the amount of work that I do, but in who I am, including my limitations, uh, was just two, three hours ago. I was uh, back from my second Mass on Sunday, Oh, white. The sun is back. I told you. It's now, I see the underside, the belly of the sun is now reappearing underneath that, uh, that uh, patch of, of, of gray clouds. So we'll probably have a very nice sunset here. Also approaching the little bridge uh, the, for the bikes that they constructed here over the, over the river. And it's gorgeous. The lights are all red. They actually have uh, traffic lights on the bridge for the, for the bigger boats, the one with the masts and the sails. Um, they can't just... <laughs> they have to stop. And I think the lights are there for when it's dark, when you know, the rest of the bridge is not illuminated. So they know they have to stop, and then there are cameras on the bridge. And I think they have to call a number, and then someone will open the bridge for them remotely. It's amazing what they can do technically nowadays. Oh, yeah, the sun is back. That is gorgeous. So beautiful. There's a small church in the distance. And uh, that's a town of Seuss, if I'm not mistaken. Beautiful. I'm so glad I went outside. Because, for a moment, I was back at work. Um, So I was back from Mass, and I really wanted to make sure that I didn't work. Also knowing that I had worked really well. The whole team had worked extremely well last week. We had met all our goals. Everything was in place. My shows are recorded. Ingen's going to uh, do the editing tomorrow. And uh, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I also know that we're, we're a number of long-term projects that we've put in our system. This is the first time ever that I've been able to plan uh, a number of projects that we will execute in two months from now. But we're already, it's already in in part of the process. And so there was really no reason at all for me to think, to even think of work on this Sunday afternoon. And I know how important it is for me to empty my mind. Creativity thrives when you open space in your head. And um, some of you may think, well, why are you recording an episode of The Walk? If you wanted to relax, well, it's actually it's funny, but this this talk, the the recording an episode of the walk for me is part of the process of emptying my mind. It's it's the only show that really gives me energy and helps me instead of costing me uh, energy. I'm just on a, standing on the bridge now, and there's some bikes coming from the other side of the river, and I'm just enjoying the view of this gorgeous sunset the river is uh, curving in the distance it's absolutely gorgeous and the sun is reflecting both in the water here in front of the bridge but also a little bit further in the distance what a what an evening but so i was relaxing i was uh, playing a um, video game and even the vid- in the video game i was relaxing it's just one of those uh, role-playing RPGs, and I was—it's in a nice kind of almost like an Italian landscape, and I was just walking around and riding my horse and didn't, doing nothing basically. And then all of a sudden, I—I I had to—I mis- 
I'd made a mistake of, uh, of keeping my phone. Uh, I, did to, I didn't switch off my phone, and so the phone rings, and I see uh, that it's my editor calling me. And immediately I'm like, "Oh, what's wrong? Uh, he is is he editing? Does he need me?" And oh, and then I I don't want to pick up the phone because I know that if I do that, not only am I immediately back at work, and the afternoon the piece of the afternoon is gone, but I'm also uh, uh, like motivated. <laughs> I'm telling the message that I send is it's okay to call me any time of the week, and you can yeah call me and give me work on Sunday afternoon. That is the last thing I want to communicate. There's another bike and a, a small motorino that is going to cross the bridge here behind me. There's a a, a traffic sign that says it's forbidden to swim <laughs> because in the summertime kids actually would jump in the water from this bridge which is not safe because you don't know how deep it is or how shallow the water is but um, so I didn't pick up the phone but I was immediately uh, checking my email because I had um, given him work there's a series that I were currently producing of uh, some stuff that I filmed in Amsterdam um, and he needed voiceovers and so I read my email and then I was like oh, I'm reading through the voiceover text and I'm thinking oh, I don't like this formulation of the text it's too formal we need to and then so I'm starting to write him an email and send it off like yeah I don't work on Sundays but but now that I'm at at work <laughs> here's what I think I think we should reformulate it's like uh, worded differently, etc. And I send it back, but I didn't call and I did not record the voiceovers. And I quickly checked with Inge. Um, and I said, "Oh, it's Sunday afternoon, and I'm back at work because of this phone call." And and then Inge has this quality of helping me to um, get back to earth. So she wrote back, "But he'll he'll be the first one in line on Monday morning." And thinking that's exactly what I needed to hear, because <laughs> I was tempted, so tempted, to actually follow up on that request for help, and and probably spent the rest of the Sunday afternoon going back and forth over those voiceover texts. And then I know myself. Once I'm at work, I'm going to check Facebook and I'm going to work some more. And then before you know it, it's Sunday evening, and I feel like oh, I've not been able to. Relax. Oh, this is a cool bike. That looks like a flying saucer. Did you hear that? That was actually a bike. But it's one of those bikes in which it's it looks like a rocket. It's a white... Or a cigar, almost. It's a, a white plastic cigar, and the guy inside is horizontal instead of vertical. And uh, apparently the transmission system of those bikes is so good that you can go twice the speed with the same amount of effort that you would normally put in into biking. And I can t- I mean, I see him in the distance, and he's, uh, he's riding on the track alongside the river, and he's going so fast. Wow. I don't know how enjoyable it is to be in such a bike, because you don't see much, and then, of course, you have to be careful because you're going so fast. Another, and they're pretty... Um, I mean, they're going as fast as a, as a uh, motorbike, um, but without making any noise, and so sometimes it's it's, it's scary. I, I 
only heard him when he was very close to where I was standing. Oh, well. But um, I'm, I'm glad that I decided to not follow up. And it's also, again, uh, I don't live to work. I work to live. And this Sunday afternoon, being able to stand here and overlooking the water and enjoying the beautiful sunset, which, of which, of course, I have to take a picture. What am I walking away from this gorgeous sight? I need to, I need to take a picture of this because it's just this one moment during the day when you can see something as beautiful as this. Why would I walk away from that? And here we go. Oh, wow. Oh, it's so beautiful. Of course, I don't know if I have to put the bridge on it as well. Perhaps I should. It gives a bit of depth to the to the picture. And something like this. Uh, why not? Uh, it's a shame I can't really see the river. I probably have to walk up the to all the way to the middle of the bridge, and then oh yeah, from here I can see the the rest of the river, the curves of the river, which I couldn't see from where I was standing. So if I take a picture from this I hope I don't <laughs> drop my phone that would be a bad idea and when I take pictures like this I'm actually very glad that I have these uh, guide guiding lines on my um, on my phone so I've got this grid so I can uh, make sure that the uh, horizon is well aligned oh, that's so beautiful you know what that's part also of relaxing is taking time to to see to actually allow yourself to see the beauty around you because it doesn't last it's it's this is going to be gone 10 minutes from now and if you don't stop to smell the roses <laughs> there are no roses here but if you don't stop to to look and to take it in then you're 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 not accepting a gift that has been given to you. Can I walk here? This is a parking space. I think I can walk here. This used to be fenced off, but now I can walk here and see if I can get a nicer view from here. Oh, wow. I can now walk on the dike. This is new. Awesome. Although I don't think there is a, there's a way back to, uh, to Amersfoort if I, can, if I continue in this direction. I remember that farm in the distance. I went to film there one day. And they had these massive dogs. <laughs> and I think we're just filming presentation text. So there was no particular reason for us to go to that farm. But it just looked pretty. And uh, these dogs really scared me so much. <laughs> they were not fans of, uh, of the TV business. Oh, look at that. Look at how beautiful that is. Beautiful Holland. The Netherlands can be extremely wet and unfriendly from time to time, but on days like these, <gasps> gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. All right, enough. It's time to go head back home. Um, where was I? I don't know. This is turning <laughs> into a sound-seeing tour more than, a, than a, a talk or a walk. But I think that this decision of not working on Sunday and uh, ignoring in a certain way the, the, the uh, calls for help or assistance or work 
is going to pay off tomorrow. And uh, I've, I've had too many more Monday mornings where I felt like, it's, where, where did the weekend go? Did I even have a weekend? And it's already on, on Sunday mornings. I, the priests have to work and we're active for half of the day. And if you spend some time with the parishioners, that's easily two-thirds of the day. So if you don't take a break, then it feels like the weekend that is... And Sunday, more specifically, the day that is meant to, to restore your, your strength and to make time for the things that are not work and are more important than work, then that day will go by and you won't have the benefit of that. It's like skipping a, 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 a vitamin shot. You can do it every once in a while. But if you continue to do that systematically, then you'll get deficiency. You'll, get a, you'll, you'll have a problem on your hands. Um, all right, that's, I think that's enough. I'm going to stop here because I, I may uh, actually start blabbering a bit too much. I hope that actually the... The lambs are already out in the fields. I'm not sure. This is probably one of those weeks where they're going to be released. They're going to, so they've been born, what is it, a month ago? And, and usually they'll let them out when the weather is improving. If not today, then probably in the weeks to come. And of course, I hope I have my camera with me when, when that happens. Because there's nothing more joyful than to see these animals that have been inside for the entire winter. And then they're outside. And gosh, these animals can teach us so much about how to enjoy life. And how to be carefree in a certain way. <laughs> but again, you can only learn from them if you take the time to see what's happening. And how nature works. And we're part of nature. So they have tons of things to teach us. All right, I'm going to sign off. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to those of you that are uh, supporting me as patrons over at patreon.com slash fatherroderick. And I hope you enjoy the uh, Ask Father Roderick series that I'm now recording on a regular basis. I certainly enjoy talking with you guys and answering your questions. And it's funny, sometimes questions also make me realize how little people sometimes know about my life or the life of a priest or the work that I do. And, uh, and some of those questions are really intriguing, and I, I keep them coming. And you can find my other shows and uh, the new Star Wars show over at Tritio.com, but you already knew that. There's going to be a newsletter also. If you're not subscribed yet to the newsletter, then uh, make sure you do. Because that's also, thanks to the new teamwork, we're going to do that on a monthly basis. And every email newsletter... Uh, I'll write a short story. I wanted to do something more than just like, here's what we did last month. Click here. Uh, It's old news. I want to share something that is unique to the newsletter. And so check it out over at tridio.com. It's very easy to subscribe. It's also easy to unsubscribe in case you think it's, uh, it's not worth your time or you have enough email as it is. All right, I'm signing off. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Have a great week. God bless.